Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because... Like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah, uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Okay, here we go. Hello, everybody. Dave here from Evertrack. Um, the first thing I think you'll notice today um is that it's just me um fortunately andy is away today so it'll just be me taking you on your tuesday tune-in journey um actually i haven't done it yet sorry are we live yeah (laughs) yeah so we are live um so yeah i suppose the first thing i think we should cover off is that we've had a little interesting couple of days here at everdirect to be honest um i don't know if you guys have know where we're based or have seen any of the news lately um but certainly uh we are now going into a local lockdown in kafili which is right where our office is based. So over the next few weeks and stuff like that, at least we're going to be sort of mixing it up and working from home and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think the next Tuesday tune in the backdrop will be slightly different for us. But um, hey, Sinead, hey, Debbie, hey, Bri, how's it going? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, uh, who's Andy? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Fee. Hi, Fee. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... Um, just so you're aware that, yeah, over the next few weeks and stuff like that, um, you know, things are going to be changing from us because uh, we're not entirely sure. Because as always with COVID, nothing's 100% clear. We expect that we might be able to get back to the office at some point, but um, that'll be sort of as and when. Uh, but yeah, on to the business at hand. So today, it's always strange when it's just me on my own and I haven't got anyone to talk to. So I'm going to talk. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, so what we're going to talk about today really is uh, something that I know makes a huge difference when I'm actually on the trip, um, and we call them trek hacks. So all those little things that we've learned, all those little tiny things that we can take care of that actually work up to making the trip far more comfortable, far more easy, and gives you a lot of peace of mind and stuff like that. Um, who else is here? Hey, Joel. Hey, Ali, Paula, Tamarin, Mark. Um, Patrick, oh Mark, yes, obviously I think you've heard about the uh, the isolation that Kapili's uh, going to be going into. So yeah, we'll be we're fine. The whole group is fine. To be honest, we only see each other anyway. Yetis tend to be quite an insular group. Um, we don't tend to have like too many sort of uh, you know interactions with the you know 
the non-yetis. <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome. So yeah, one thing I wanted to say as well, like today when I'm going I'm to be talking about some of the tracks that I've personally used and I know Andy has personally used that have made a big difference for us when we've been to Nepal and when we've been to Tanzania um, and you know all the other tracks that we do, even if it's locally. But one thing is, if you guys have got any sort of track hacks that you have used or you found to be awesome, let me know. Drop me a comment. Drop me an email. And what I'm going to do is put them into a blog. So it's going to be a track hack blog put together by you guys, the Evertrackers. Um, and I'm going to put it out there. And, you know, all the other Evertrackers that want to do it can see what's worked for me, what's worked for you. Um, yeah, so you guys can get some content out there as well. So it'd be pretty awesome. Um, hey there, Dave. Lisa, tuning in from work, hoping the boss doesn't catch me. To be honest, this is more important than what you've got to do today, Lisa. So, yeah, just give your boss some headphones and maybe he can learn some track hacks as well. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I think the first couple of hacks that I'm going to talk about, this is weird because it's just me talking today. So please do interrupt me with any questions or anything like that. Oh, I've had a couple of ones. Yeah. Um, so already we've had one. Um, let me give me one second. There we go. So, yeah. I think the first few ones that I'm going to talk about now are going to be ones that specifically that I found that helped me actually acclimatize. So as you know, we're all about the high altitude. Every trip that we go takes you to high altitude. So each trip that you guys go on, you're going to have to go through the acclimatization process. And there are a couple of little tiny things that you can do to make that process uh, a bit easier. So yeah, one of the most important obviously is drinking water. Um, you need to drink, you know, I tend to drink about four to five litres a day because I'm a bit of a sweater. Um, but they're generally three to three and a half litre minimum um, is what you need in order to sort of make sure that your body's acclimatising. Now, I remember the first trip that I ever went on to Nepal, to Everest Base Camp, and I was trying to drink four litres a day. And, I, you know, it's more than double what I normally would. It was actually surprisingly hard to get that much plain water down me. Um, and it, so I bought these little squash things. Now squash hydration tablets that have like a flavor to it or something like that makes a huge difference so um these little squirty robinson's bottles but i i think i had some aldi's own ones as well um a couple of squirts in the bladder in the water bottle honestly it makes such a massive difference you can get like you know four or five liters of water down relatively easy if it's lovely tasty squash you can just neck it down hey mick how's it going hey kirsty hey karen um, yeah, we're all safe here in Wales. Honestly, we're fine. Um, yeah, we're going to be leaving the office, but uh, other than that, everything's totally good. So yeah, guys, honestly, if you're going to be making a packing list, one of the things you should definitely have on there is um, like some form of flavoring for your water, whether that be squash, hydration salts, or anything like that, even Barocca and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that's always good. Um, I see bribe by number one hack, always find a hydration buddy. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure that's adequate hydration, but certainly in Kathmandu, it will make you uh, a lot happier. Um, yeah, the other one is, is about sort of, you know, snacks, calories and things like that. Because one of the things that I think makes a huge difference, as you guys know, uh, any of you that have done like EBC know that every time you go to a lodge, the menu is largely the same. It all tastes the same. And getting those calories in can get quite tough because altitude, you know, you lose your appetite and things like that. So one of the things that I always, always, always do is I have like a fairly substantial stash, sometimes at the uh, at the sacrifice of other things. You know, if I've got to lose a couple of pairs of boxes to get my snacks in, then I'll do it. You know, it's a, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. 
Um, but yeah, having like, you know, adequate snacks brought from home that you know you enjoy um, that aren't necessarily just like, you know, these like grenade power bars or something like that. I do have a few of them, but they're dry and, you know, protein bars aren't that great. If you like Mars bars, bring Mars bars. Um, you know, lots of people bring those Haribo Tanktastics because you'd be surprised in that sort of sharp, sour flavor is really lacking on the mountains. Um, but one of the things for the, particularly for the meat eaters among you all, you know, we recommend a vegetarian diet on all of our treks, um, you know, so you can, you know, stay healthy and avoid any like gastric trouble and stuff like that. I think one of the things that always makes a big difference is um, those little packs of like jerky that you can get. Um, you know, say you want to like a, an 11 day trip um, to EBC, you know, you can get 10 or nine of those packs and then every so often you can just have one of those. And it just makes a big difference. It also keeps your your body is used to eating meat. It's used to using the energy in a certain way. Having some of those hydrated packs of like beef jerky can make like a huge difference. Um, but yeah, um, so that, you know, makes me think, mind you, I was just thinking, last time I was in Hampshire, I found some and it was called um, dried hygienic meat which I think was jerky, yeah, dried hygienic meat. And another one which we found was, um, uh, what was it? That was it, cuttlefish coated peas. <laughs> and like, I looked at them and I was like, nah, not having cuttlefish coated peas. Um, but yeah, anything like that, anything like that you want to try and stay away from. But also a little tip that I've heard for the, you know, the vegetarians and particularly the vegans as well, is that like these um, uh, Percy pigs you can get from Marks and Spencer, I want to say. Yeah, yep, getting a nod, Max and Spencer. They're like totally vegan, you know, so good for anyone that doesn't want to eat meat or any animal stuff. Um, and they're a really tasty snack and stuff like that. So yeah, awesome. Um, oh, awesome. I see we're getting some questions here. Can you buy squash squashies, etc., over there? Is it best to bring them? Uh bring them with you. Um, so that's Richard that said that. So I can bring that in. Yeah, so bring those with you. Um, I've not seen them in the poll. So always bring and that you know they're only small and stuff like that just for, you know most of the time if you're going to put them in your day pack or anything they will get taken off you so just put them in your regular pack and stuff like that i actually have like a little like snack bag dedicated to snacks it takes up quite a large part of my bag um but yeah that's what i'll do so bring that stuff with you to be honest bring anything with you that you're not 100 percent certain because although you might be able to get it one day um you might not be able to get it in next so sinada said take your own snacks from home if you're gluten-free vegan yeah exactly they do have that sort of stuff in the poll but it's not always available um i didn't see much of anything that was you know free from so to speak in tanzania um you know so but a lot of fresh vegetables and stuff like that but obviously that's not going to be good to take in on a hike with you um so yeah that's uh yeah take it with you um, George Clark, Tantastics are always in my pocket on every Munro I do, and of course a mint bar. Yeah, definitely. Um, you do surprisingly see a lot of that. Um, you know what they call the the Kendall mint cake and stuff like that. If it's good enough to get someone to the top of Everest, then it's good enough to get us to base camp. So I always have them. I tend to like stuff that's like a bit sharp, you know, like a bit like sour or sharp or or tart and stuff like that. You know, that makes a big difference. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, a couple of other hacks that I have. I'm going to kind of dip in and then go back to some questions. Um, one we've talked about a lot and I know I've posted about is power banks. Um, I generally bring two power banks, uh, the 26,800 size anchor power bank. The reason why I bring two of them is because that's enough for the entire trip. I don't have to worry about adapters. It's you know good on the plane and it lasts me for you know the entire trip. So 
um, power banks are a huge must, I think. Otherwise, it's kind of annoying to have to be searching for power, leaving your phone, you know, downstairs or upstairs when you're charging it. It's, you know, people like to sit and send pictures and do stuff like that. So power banks make a, a big difference. Let's have a look here. So I can see Bri Bri. So cheap way to keep in touch with home. Took a Wi-Fi dongle, bought a local SIM, and 10 people could log on at the same time. Yeah, awesome idea. Um, another thing you can do if no one has got a dongle. Um, so the Wi-Fi, when you're out there, we hear a lot of people talk about getting, you know, like a, a local phone, using a local SIM card and stuff like that. You can definitely do that. But if you're just after the Wi-Fi, they sell these scratch cards in every lodge where you scratch and you get a login for the shared network and then you're able to sort of go on. However, they're very expensive if you buy a smaller size card at every lodge. When you get to Nampshi for a range sort of $20, $25, something like that, you can get one that gives you the, the, the login, but with a larger amount of data. So it'll last the whole trip. Um, so every time I go to Namshi, I pick up one of them and I use it, you know, from pretty much Tengbache above. Um, if you're on Kilimanjaro, you will get phone signal for, I think, the last four days. The first four days on the Lamosha route, not much signal. But yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so right. One of the other um, hacks that I was going to talk about, which I use a lot. Now, I used to have quite long hair, not so much anymore, but uh, keeping it clean when you're not able to shower and stuff on the, on the uh, trail is dry shampoo. Um, I also bring talc as well to help with chafing. However, I was doing a bit of research into this and making the list this morning, and I had some news that was uh, new to me, and I don't know how I missed it. Talc can be quite, I think, unhealthy, particularly for girls, I think. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, stories about, you know, maybe it might even be like a carcinogenic or something, and there might be a risk of certain cancers. So, yeah, wow, talc might be like completely removing that from my list of stuff now, because I've been using it like, I would say in an unhealthy amount, <laughs> like on all of my treks, you know, my head off quite often looks like a frosted ice gem after I've like put a load on there. But yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, any of you know anything more about talc? Uh, let me know. You, know. you should be fine for your hair. You think I'd so? I'd say that's like minimal. Yeah, I'm more concerned about the breathing in, you know, because sometimes it's hard to see. That's how much is in the air around me, <laughs> like when I put it on, you know, so yeah. Um, Let's have a look. So we got up here's Paula. So if we decide to go veggie on the trip, uh, do you need to start maybe a week before? Um, not necessarily. Um, so I suppose I'm I try to be vegetarian. I suppose the correct term is flexitarian. So, you know, I, I do my best to sort of limit the amount of meat that I eat, um, but I will still eat it. Um, so and I usually just kind of go cold turkey. So I'll stop eating meat pretty much when I fly to Lukla. Um, and then I'll do the whole trip. So Lukla, back down to Lukla, and I won't eat meat again until I get back there. Um, so, and I've never really noticed too much of a problem, but some people I have heard have had some difficulty adjusting, you know, to the vegetarian diet, um, which is why I recommend, you know, if, if that is the case, then I think, yeah, definitely, um, you know, bring some like jerky and stuff like that, because it makes a big difference. Um, ah, good, good question here. Now we've talked about this a few times, George Clark, Solar power banks, any good. I've not ever successfully found one that I think works as well as it's advertised. Now, I know some of them do work, but it's the, the, the way we're going in you know, the high altitude regions of the world, the weather can be unpredictable. Um, and if you're going to, say, Death Valley, 
you know, in California, then I would say, yeah, probably that would be amazing, you know, when you've got like 18 hours of hot sunshine every day. But where we're going, it can be cloudy and then open and then cloudy and then open. So personally, um, I don't bring the solar power ones. Also, they're quite big and clumsy and carrying them and stuff like that. So, like it. so if it was up to me, I would, and you know, it often is when I go, um, I bring the I bring the power banks that you charge um, and then get a charge out of them. Um, mainly, you know, I would love that the solar ones to work. I quite like the idea of getting all my energy, um, you know, from the sun and not having to rely on electricity from a wall socket, but they just don't work in my opinion. Um, or at least I've not found one that has worked well enough to be able to be relied upon for an entire trip. Um, let's have a quick look. So we've got loads of, if you don't breathe, ah, okay, so Karen Bade, uh, if you don't breathe clouds of it in, gets in the ovaries, fetuses, et cetera. So yeah, not good. So yeah, more uh, more bad talc. Um, so yeah, I'm actually thinking that talc is done. In fact, I'm going to, Talc's gone. Um, yeah, the other thing that I found as well. So this is particularly, I think, for summit night on Kilimanjaro, and um, you know, maybe when you do Kalapatar on EBC um, and stuff like that, is obviously you're getting up really, really early. It's really, really cold. And then I had a stash of hand warmers, um, but I didn't actually use them on my hands because they just felt too hot. They don't, you know, they sort of like feel like they burn the surface of your hand rather than like warming it. Um, but what I did do with them was I cracked open two, put them one in each sock, and then I put the sock and the hand warmers in each boot. Um, it won't last all night, so I, I put it in at about 3, 4 a.m. Um, and then when I woke up to do Kalapatar uh, or go to the summit of Kili, you put on lovely warm socks and boots. I mean, so it just means you're not putting on cold boots and stuff like that. You'd be surprised how much these little things make a difference to your, like, your, your, your sort of mindset. Um, and, you know, if your mind is right, you feel energetic and you're able to go out and do these things like get to Kalapatar. If you wake up and you see your boots and they've got a bit of frost on them and they're cold and they feel wet and damp, nah, no one's idea of fun. Um, let's have a look here. So uh, on a conference call with a client, he's now interested. Awesome. Ramona, pass him my email. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of people say you now that talc on the feet and stuff like that is okay, as long as it doesn't actually get inside the body and stuff like that. Um, tut, tut, Dave, you've done so well with my name. Ah, I, I did the French. I was about to call you out on this. I yeah. said Bardet, didn't I? It's Bardet. Yeah, I did. I don't know why that is. I'm so sorry, Karen. I think for the last two weeks, I've been doing really well with it. <laughs> but, you know, the first time I saw it, my brain registered it as Bardet. And then for some reason, it, it refuses to um, ignore it. Um, so let's have a look now. So David Roy's asked an interesting question, So which was about, um, could you do the Kilimanjaro trip if you have sleep apnea? Is there any way of plugging in the mask overnight? So I can't find his question to bring it in. Yeah, I can. Um, okay, so we've had this question once before, but it was about EBC. Now, in Kilimanjaro, you're intense. Um, so unless you can actually bring a portable power pack with you that you can be sure is going to be reliable for the seven days, um, then I would say probably not possible to, you know, plug it in and keep it running. Um, I think if that, you know, if you need that and, you know, I think altitude can bring on some symptoms of sleep apnea like that you know suddenly stop breathing and wake up and stuff like that so yeah personally i would i don't know much about it to confidently say you know you would be able to go there 
it depends on how you feel you need to manage the, the sleep apnea. What I will say is that it's unreliable um, in terms of power. So, you know, there are places where you can, if it's like mobile and you can charge it, potentially that can be done. Um, but if it needs to be plugged in every night, certainly not Kilimanjaro because you're going to be in a tent. Um, if you're in base camp, um, a lot of the lodges, like power is not reliable because a lot of the lodges rely on solar power. Again, same problem with the, um, you know, the portable ones. You know, if the clouds come in, the power can be cut off and then you might be left without it. So it all depends on how you feel you need to manage it. If it's something you need every night um, and it has to happen in order for you to stay safe, then I would say probably best to avoid it. Um, you know, but I'm sure if you want to drop me a message and we can work out some requirements, um, you know, I never want to say no to anybody. So if there's some special things we can do to make it work, maybe on EBC, if not Killy, then perhaps we can work that out for you. Um, yeah, Ali, yeah, talc is awful. Um, I was going to ask if I have an alternative to talc. Not well. I mean, to be honest, sorry, what was that? Cornflour, I'm being told. Yeah, so that's from the Bimbling Yeti Fee. <laughs> We uh, haven't tried it. It was a Google. Oh, it was a like, it was a Google, was it? People yeah, I've used I've used it to thicken a stew before. <laughs> um, I've never put it on my head. Um, or in, yeah. So, but no, yeah. Well, there we are, corn flour. So, Ali, if you can nip out this afternoon and try some corn flour for me, and let me know if that does help with chafing or cleaning your hair, I'd be more than happy to put it out there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, really good. Um, right. Okay. What else do I have to talk about? Yeah, so the one that I really, really like, because it depends how messy a packer you are, but packing cubes, they are brilliant. They've completely like revolutionized the way that I like, you know, pack my duffel bag. Um, you know, the, I even label them so I know where everything is and everything's neat and tidy. And the reason why that's a big help is if I use Killy, for example, when I was there in February, there's only a, two of us to a tent. The tent's very small. You wake up in the night, you want to try and find something, you want to find your paracetamol and your bag's a complete mess. It is a nightmare. You wake up the person next to you, you know, you get stressed and stuff like that. So it's it's not great. However, um, these packing cubes are brilliant. Literally, just put your head torch on, look there, look there, look there. Medicine, brilliant. And when you are putting yourself in the packing cubes, now this is something I even learned today, roll everything in and then sort of line them up side by side. That way, you don't have to sort of lift one, two, three items to get one out that you need. Magical. I learned that again today. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, okay, thank you. Karen has let me off. Um, ah, see, Sinead, you have jumped in here. Zinc oxide tape. Yes, that was on my list that I was going to talk about today. I never used it before I went to Killy. Um, and it's really strange. Like my, I had just one little hot spot like on the side of my little toe. And then one of the guys recommended the zinc oxide, zinc oxide tape. I put it on. It's perfect. It worked brilliantly. Um, I have heard a lot of stuff about Compede as well. I've never actually used a Compede, but Fee is adamant that Compede is brilliant. So I'm obligated to mention Compede. Um, there so, are other brands available. Yeah. Yeah, there are other brands. Well, we're not the BBC. <laughs> Compede. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to have a look here. Um, Karen, let's Karen let you off, Andy. Oops, Dave. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. To be fair, Karen, yeah, I am, uh, I, I, I am also someone that gets their name wrong. I almost want to get a T-shirt that says like my name's Dave and an arrow. Um, but yeah, thank you. 
Um, let's have a quick look now. So Amanda Joy Hilton, our sleeping bag line is defo worth taking. The answer is yes, 100%. Um, a couple, for a couple of reasons. If you're renting one, they're not brand new. Um, they're cleaned the best that they can, but you know they may retain some evidence of previous use in either smell or you know a little bit of dirt or something like that. So if you are renting a sleeping bag, um, having a liner just means that you're comfortable because whatever is next to your skin is brand new and fresh and clean. And secondly, they 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 do make a you know a noticeable difference in terms of how warm you are. Um, especially the silk ones, I think they're quite insulative and stuff like that. So um, yeah, um, I'm getting to Marie Kondo folding. Does anyone know what um, that means? It's the, the technique, the the packing technique. Oh, is that the packing technique? Is it? Yeah. Okay, okay, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so yeah, David Roy. Yeah, keep in keep in touch, mate. Yeah, drop me a message. You know, because I'm keen to make everybody you know an adventure possible for everybody. Um, so if there's something that I can do or I can talk to one of the guys on the trips and we can work it out, I'll, I'll make it happen for you. Um, let's have a look. Okay, well, uh, Sinead has now said, uh, one for the ladies, altitude can really affect your cycle. Be prepared even if you aren't expecting. Um, I've not ridden my bike to altitude, to be honest. Um, oh. I was so slow. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'll take your word for that, Sinead. But yeah, ladies, take take uh, take notice of that as well. Um, okay, let's have a quick look. Packing cubes, where from? Uh, Amazon, to be honest. Osprey do sell them, but they're crazy expensive to get the Osprey ones. You know, so I've just ordered a load off Amazon. You can buy like a multi pack of say ten bags, all different sizes. Um, so yeah, go on Amazon, and I think I paid around. I think it was about between 10 and 15 quid um, and I bought a couple of sets just so I've got more than I need um, so yeah perfect um, uh, let's have a look Debbie Bothroyd said OEX do good ones from Go Outdoors I'm assuming we're talking about packing cubes here um, but yeah awesome yeah Go Outdoors are great I'm you know big fan of Go Outdoors um, that discount card is uh, yeah gets renewed annually um, yeah see James has actually said Osprey make really good ones uh, that's, uh, that's wrong James actually has said, yeah, they uh, they make really good ones. They do, James, but I, they're just too expensive for me. Um, you know, I really don't mind them. Like, but um, what's it? A good hack is to take dog treats. Are you saying that, like, is is that to like feed the little the little little fellows you see on the trail and stuff like that? If so, big fan of that, James. Big fan of that. I mean, you know, make sure you get your rabies jabs before you do it, guys. Um, but yeah, you know, I've always said, you know, if I see a dog on a trail, it's getting petted. <laughs> you know, and and yeah, dog treats, awesome idea. Um, let's have a look. So, okay, right. The other one that I was going to talk about was zinc oxide tape. Is um, a pee ball. Um, this can make a huge difference, particularly you know if you know you're in a tent or something like that, and you know you don't want to get up and traipse across the campsite and you know worry about tripping you know over some guy ropes or something like that. Um, it even works in the lodges and stuff like that. Not everyone is really comfortable getting up in the night and, you know, walking, you know, to the toilets and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I think bringing having like a pee bottle there is brilliant. You just pee in it in the night, pour it away in the morning. You know, some people say they'll use them for warmth. I personally don't recommend it. Um, the other thing, whilst I'm on the whilst I'm on the uh, topic of um, peeing, the toilets in the lodges. Many of you I know have been to EBC and many of you I know 
will recognize that the the toilets are not the most fragrant places in the world or they all are depending on you know whether we're talking about rank um so yeah tiger balm widely available over here everywhere in the pool a little bit of tiger balm a little bit on the lip like that so you can smell perfect it makes to go into the toilet far more comfortable so a little hack there um so yeah jerome rabies avoid um well rabies is one of those ones where it is prevalent in the pool but it tends to be in the lowlands it's not really in the mountains um although you know it's in the pool so that's the rule that we take it's one of those where we talk about we say it's an optional vaccination um meaning that it's something that i'm not going to advise you to do or not to do um i can tell you what i've done which is i've got fully vaccinated for it purely because i'm a frequent traveler to these countries um you know so it, it tends to be like a little bit of a you know a concern of mine and it's one of those things that you know once you get you, you're kind of screwed if you develop symptoms so personally i get it it's optional so it's down to your comfort level as to whether you get it or not if you're not vaccinated then i'd probably say just don't touch anything don't touch animals don't feed cats don't do anything like that just you know admire them from afar um boring. i know it is boring but you know i always kind of say to people like if you're the type of person that you see the monkey you cuddle the monkey, get the rabies. Not a monkey. No, I've I've seen those bad boys go at each other. <laughs> they are not to be trifled with. Um. Uh, yeah. So Mark, trekking poles, not just for oldies, a revelation. To be honest, mate. Yeah, I completely agree. So for years and years, I've never used trekking poles. Um, and then I used to just use one, just for a bit of balance and stuff like that. When you're on the glacier, it's handy to put out there. Um, but actually, I tried them out, um, not last October, April, when I went to EBC, and I decided that just, just as a trial, so I can have some personal experience, I would try trekking poles. So I used two for the whole time, and you'd be, you'd be amazed. One day, not much difference. Two days, not much difference. Over 11 days, yeah, I was finding like my aches, pains, the joints and stuff like that were fine. Um, you know, I was able to go up steep gradients with less exertion because I was getting my arms involved in the process. Um, so yeah, personally, yeah, trekking poles. I always have two in the rucksack now, whatever trip that I do, um, because they do just make a bit of it, uh, a huge difference. Um, let's have a look. <laughs> so Jerome actually he was referring to the dog treats, <laughs> yeah, and um. So Ali has said uh, flashlights mainly for peeing at night. Do you recommendation regarding high candle power, small size? So not really. Uh, we often get asked that sort of question. You know, I, I used to be quite that specific. You know, what um, what lumen level do I need? You know, for my head torch. To be honest, there's no strict one. When we're trekking, you just need to be able to illuminate the path ahead of you. I use a black diamond one, um, but I know that uh, Petzl is it Petzl? I think do do some really popular ones. They're probably the most widely seen ones on the mountain. The Tika, I think it's called the Petzl Tika. Um, I personally use the um, the Black Diamond, you know, uh, I'll, I can post about it. I'll put a link in there or maybe Lauren can try and find my Black Diamond one and put it in there. <laughs> yeah, just to put Lauren on the spot. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, so Amanda Joy Hill and I was going to ask uh, many cats on the route to EBC. I've only seen two, um, and it was in between Lukla and Namshi when I saw these two little kittens playing around. So I'm assuming that they are there, um, and I didn't see many rats or anything like that. So I'm, yeah, there must be cats. But no, you'll see them in Katmandu. But honestly, I, I 
if you're not vaccinated for rabies, um, I wouldn't feed them. I have heard a story of someone, although it was in Thailand, who was feeding a cat um, and got scratched um, and then didn't think anything of it because it wasn't a bite and it wasn't a dog or a bat or anything and actually ended up having rabies. So, yeah, don't feed them unless you're sort of vaccinated. That's my advice. Um, let's have a look. So, uh, Asha, any tips for runny noses when hiking in cold temperatures? Uh, Cetel, and I always get constant sniffles. <laughs> Yet, you know what? It's to do with the cold. Um, so the best thing that you can do for it is to keep your sort of neck and face warm. Um, now, so what you can do if, you, if you're always getting it is just pull up um, like a buff um, and just have it up over your nose. So if you keep your nose warm, you'll get less of that. It's to do with the cold. Um, so you get a lot of that happening. For some reason, it brought to mind as well that whenever um, people are trekking as well and, and they don't use trekking poles, they get like fat finger syndrome. So I'd be interested to know if any of you guys get that. Where honestly, your hands swell and you end up with fingers like, you know, you know, Frankfurters, <laughs> you know, actually using poles, um, doing that keeps the blood going into your hands, um, which actually stops them swelling as well. But yeah, I'd be interested to know if any of you guys at altitude have ever got like fat finger syndrome. Um, but yeah, the sniffles and everything, it's always to do with how cold your face and your nose is. Um, so keep your chest warm and your face warm, at least from the nose down, um, and that should stop it. Um, so yeah, that'll make a big difference. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, so Tamron gets foot swollen hands. Yeah, honestly, trekking poles. Um, if you don't have trekking poles, then have them in, you know, keep doing this on your jacket and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it does make a huge difference. I was in um, Nampshi and I was sat there and I was looking at two girls and they were like looking at their hands and complaining, like, why is this happening? And I was like, so I was talking to them and um, they actually went off to Nampshi to buy poles and stuff like that. And I caught them a few days later in Dingboche and they said it worked, it worked, it was brilliant. So um, yeah, make, makes, a, makes a big difference. Um, yeah, let's have a quick look. <laughs> yeah, sausages, yeah. Um, one thing I was going to also talk about as well was, um, I think Sinead has mentioned it, is sunscreen. Um, so yeah, sunscreen is like vitally important. I mean, it, it might even move from sort of hack status to sort of essential status. In fact, if it hasn't, I'm going to do that today. Um, yeah, so when you're trekking at altitude, you know, the sun's UV rays are, are much stronger than they are at sea level. So even though your skin might not be feeling like it's burning, um, there is a risk of sunstroke or heat exhaustion and stuff like that. So definitely, you know, pile on the sunscreen, keep your head covered as well. Um, and again, you'll just feel more energetic. You won't feel lethargic and you'll lose some, you know, you'll be nauseous. I've seen a number of people, mainly in Nepal, um, get sort of heat exhaustion and mistake it for altitude sickness and then get panicky and, and want and want to, you know, go down. Luckily, it hasn't happened on any of our trips, but certainly some people in the lodges who I know have been in the sun all day, haven't had their head covered, and then they start to feel unwell and feel nauseous and like they want to throw up. Um, and it's actually heat exhaustion. It's not altitude. Um, so, yeah, keeping your head covered and your sun, uh, your, your skin protected from the sun makes a huge difference. Sunglasses as well, vitally important. Um, let's have a quick look. Yeah. So Karen Bardet. Can you buy fabric tissues? I think the site is called, you can buy, I think the site is called at keep or keep at similar um, should be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting little tip there. I'll make a note of that. Yeah. Fabric tissues. Awesome. Um, let's have a quick look. Now. So I was just about to bring in fees question then, but it wasn't a question. <laughs> yeah. 
an update. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and there's a couple of other things as well. So I always have a miniature pack of Gorilla Tape, which is like this duct tape. Uh, why? For everything. One time when I was trekking, my laces broke at midday. Um, so I literally just wrapped my ankle and, and down under the foot with um, with the tape until I could get to a lodge and buy some laces. So, yeah, brilliant. Um, let's have a look. Ramona has brought in some stuff here. I really find this stuff interesting because obviously I don't have any personal experience, um, you know, with any sort of like lady specific concerns while trekking. So, you know, I don't tend to write enough about it probably. Um, so if, you know, anything like this or any sort of tips like this that you ladies have that you think is going to be valuable, then message it into me, you know, drop me an email, info at evertrek.co.uk. Um, and I'll write a blog about it and stuff like that. They can also, if anyone has any questions that, they prefer to speak to a lady about they can email we yes can we have ladies here. yeah we so ladies. yeah we, we, we <laughs> do available. yeah we do have some ladies um so yeah um as lauren said yeah if you know if any of you um any of you ladies want to ask a question that you would feel awkward asking me or andy about then um one of the uh the evertrek uh female branded yeti so we'll be able to help you um yeah so the other one that i was going to talk about as well wet wipes now, the reason why I wanted to bring up wet wipes is because I've been recommending them for a long time. Um, and but I what I've perhaps understated is that I never leave them on the mountain with me. So always with my wet wet wipes, I'll always have some dry bags as well, even if it's just a carrier bag that I bring with you. Although I'd recommend not doing that because it's classed as a single use plastic and we're trying to keep all that stuff off the mountain. Um, so generally what I'll do is buy some of those multi-use uh, wet uh, dry bags uh, or stuff sacks, whatever you want to call them. Um, and, you know, I'll have one for sort of like rubbish, like wrappers and things like that that I'll bring down. And then another one where I'll put like all my wet wipes and stuff like that. And then as soon as I'm back in town and I can dispose of them properly, um, then that's what I'll do. Believe it or not, I've even brought them all the way back to the UK before now and disposed of them here because I couldn't find a place to get rid of them. So if you are bringing um, wet wipes or anything like that, also make sure that you've got a bag to put all the waste in and stuff like that so you can take it back with you. Um, so have a quick look. So recommendations for glasses fogging up at altitude. Um, the glasses that I always use are um, uh, Jublos, um, which are really, really good. Um, or Jublos, yeah. Um, they're really, really good. They're sort of the... I say the industry leader when it comes to high altitude. So I think they're really the best ones. I've not had much issues with them fogging up. Um, but generally speaking, that might be because I suppose when I sweat and stuff like that and I'm out of a breeze, then I might get them fogged up. Um, the only thing that I know of but I've not tried is you can put a spray on the front of them, which stops moisture gathering on the glasses so they don't spritz, so they don't fog up. I've never used them. Normally, I just whip them off, give them a dry and put them back on again. But if it is that much of a problem where it's like you've got glasses on all the time and it's doing your head in, um, try that spray that stops uh, moisture gathering on the front. That might make a big difference. Um, oh, by the way, Paula has said, thank you, Lauren and Fee. So, yes. Uh, oh, is it that water bottle sitting beside is taunting me? Yeah. Uh, uh, Leah, well, I am working on getting one uh, sent over to um, Australia. So, you know, the one thing I reassure you about is it will arrive, I guarantee you. Um, let's have a look. So Citala said, um, are the toilets in the guest house and the EBC holes in the floor? Uh, they, they, those are, they do exist. Generally speaking, in most of the lodges, there'll be two types. So there'll be the long drop and then there'll be a normal 
normal toilet. Um, they won't have a flush or anything like that. It'll just be a toilet for you to sit on. The flush you'll have to do yourself by usually there's a big barrel of water and then a jug inside and you just scoop it up and pour the water down um, and all the tissues and stuff go in a little bin on the side. So yeah, um, I've done an entire EBC trip and I've not used a long drop in the lodges. Um, if you stop on the trail or something like that, you might have to have what we call a wildy. So, you know, find a rock or a bush um, or there might be a toilet even on the trail. But generally speaking, those ones will be the, the hole in the ground. So, yeah, um, poles can actually help with that as well. So you can kind of support yourself on that. Um, they make a big difference. Um, let's have a quick look at other questions that we've got. Um, I've been telling my uh, so Ramona, I'll bring you in on mute now with the conference call. I've been telling my male client about the risks of high altitude, the pill and blood clots. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that's really interesting. I'm going to do a little bit of research about that as well. Try and find out about that because, um, yeah, I think if that's a definite risk, then, you know, I'd love to write about it and make sure people knew. Um, let's have a quick look. Uh, so do people use Vicks to help with the smell? Yeah, uh, Tiger Balm, generally speaking, on the pole because it's so widely available. But yeah, 100%, put a little of that on your nose. You can walk around, deal with the smell. No toilet is off limits then with uh, with Vicks and stuff like that. So that's brilliant. Um, so just got uh, Jerome's question. Uh, no, I haven't. Let's have a quick look. On the base camp treks, do they get to hear about the local weather conditions for the next day to help you uh, and then dress appropriately? Uh, yes. So the guides will have that information. Generally, it might be that they, they, they do have phones with Wi-Fi, so they'll be checking the weather and stuff like that. A lot of them as well are, are sort of experienced enough to sort of rely on weather patterns and what one thing leads into. So what will happen is at the beginning and the end of every day, you'll have a little briefing off the guide. Um, so what will happen is, you know, the you know the guide will tell you a little bit about, you know, where you're going to go, how long it's going to take, what you're going to see. And he'll also tell you, you know, make sure you pack your waterproof, make sure you pack your down jacket and stuff like that. So, you know, you're not left um, out in the rain or out in the cold without the adequate protection and stuff. So, yeah, the guides that we use, um, I mean, I, I always say this, you know, I would tell you this even if it wasn't true, but it absolutely is. The guides that we use uh, are the best in the business. They just are. Um, you know, both in, in all the destinations that we go to, we put a lot of effort in. We always go there. We always, you know, complete the trips and um, the guys that we have, you know, I've got the utmost respect for. They're so knowledgeable. Um, yeah. And they look at they, they, they're so experienced that they know exactly, you know, all of these questions and stuff um, are always in their mind and they're always looking out for you. So, yeah, you'll know about the weather and what to bring um, at the beginning of end of every day. Guaranteed. Um, so a quick look um okay so i'm not sure have i missed any questions lauren have i missed any um i know i've got one more um one which is like earplugs or noise cancelling headphones um which make a huge difference particularly if you're in a tent because the walls are so thin um and if you've got a snorer sleeping next to you i always sleep with noise cancelling headphones in and stuff like that it makes a huge difference um i think one tip that I wanted to share with everyone that's not mine and I've not done it, but it was um, used by uh, an Evertrekker, Rasheen on Kilimanjaro. Um, when we're talking about snacks, and all of that sort of stuff, she did an amazing thing, which was every single day for each day of the trip, she had a little bag with snacks for that day 
and an uplifting message. And that could be yeah. something you write yourself to motivate you. You could, if you're going on an eight day trip to Kilimanjaro, you mm -hmm. could ask eight of your family and friends and loved ones to write you a message. Yeah. And then every day then you would open that, see the message for the first time and have a huge mindset boost and stuff like that. And um, yeah, absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, I've not actually done it, but I, I've seen the benefits of that type of thing on the mountain, you know, and I think opening one of them when you get to the summit of Kilimanjaro, I think you'd have to be dead inside not to shed a tear, I think. Um, so we're going to do that for your next trip, you go on. That's so cute. So yeah. I was gonna, I'm going to say Sorry, I mean, one abusive one. Just yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. Motivational. Yeah, I think I would need a bit, like, like seriously, Dave, you've been sat there too long. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's have a quick look. So uh, did I miss any questions, Lauren? Um, did you answer um, about runny noses? I can't remember. Yes, I did, yeah. I think yeah, so I think that's it from me today, guys. Um, yeah, always uh, up for any sort of knowledge and anything like that. So remember, guys, if you guys want to email me, leave some recommendations in the comments and you've got some awesome like trek hacks and stuff like that i'll put it into a blog i'll give you credit and i'll put it out there and it'll be something that our customers can download and have a look at and um yeah your name will be remembered forever <laughs> um yeah awesome so for myself yeah it's great um i think uh andy is back next week um i'm actually off next week but i might be arranged to do the live so we'll wait and see um but yeah we'll either way i'll most certainly be from home um awesome guys it's been great um i've heard my own voice for quite long enough so i'm sure you guys have mm. have an awesome week uh look after yourselves drop me a message if you need anything and um yeah all the best guys bye 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 awesome so i hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the mountain malarkey podcast um yeah that was something a little bit different wasn't it from the tuesday tune in but i hope yeah. you enjoyed it i must say you were brilliant on that episode and <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye